this is probably going to be another controversial one, but this episode is all about things that I am over, things that I don't believe in, things that to me are like so 2019 and we should have left them there, but they have followed us and they are still around. And I do want to just say that if you do any of these things and they work for you, like you do you, there's no judgment here. These are just things that for me just feel just not right anymore. These are things that maybe I used to do and I'll tell you if I've done these as I go through them, but um, they're things that for me just don't work anymore. They don't feel good anymore. They don't feel like things I want to do going forwards in business like when I look at where the business is going and how I want it to feel and what I want the brand to be associated with these are just not things for me there is nothing innately bad or good with any of these things this is just personal opinion but I have seen a lot of people feeling the same so hopefully some of you can relate to some of these and be like oh thank god it's not just me but also if you are doing any of these things this is not meant to make you feel like poo so the first thing on my list of things that we should have left in 2019 is pain point marketing and this has never felt good for me I'm gonna be honest even though I have done it it's never felt good but it was one of those things that I was taught and so I was like right well this is how we do things we think about people's pain points and we speak to those pain points in our content in our sales pages in our Instagram captions so that people realize how much they are suffering and how much pain they're in. And then we swoop in with our solution so that they think, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain. Thank God Gemma highlighted this. Now I'm gonna buy her solution to get rid of my pain. And like, it works, right? Like it's obvious that it's gonna work. Um, But the reason this doesn't feel good is that, I mean, a couple of things. Firstly, I believe that you can sell from pleasure. So yes, it might be like what has always been done is to like say to people, do you hate your life? Does everything suck? Do you wake up in the morning and just want to like go back to sleep again because your entire business is just sucky and your clients are horrible and like, ugh, you want to throw it all in the bin? People do relate to that. Like we all have our struggles and we all have stuff that is causing us pain. And that's like part of the human experience. And so yes, people are gonna listen and think, oh my gosh, like I feel seen because this person is describing how I feel when I wake up in the morning and I wanna burn my business to the ground. Um, However, you can also sell to pleasure. And like the harm that is caused by this is that a lot of people think that they need to speak to pain points in order to sell. And they think they need to sell to people who are struggling, who are troubled in some way, who are like, just in difficulty and what this leads to is a lot of people saying things like my ideal client is the person who has no time my ideal client is the person who has no energy my ideal client is the person who hates doing social media because we're so used to seeing this belief that we have to sell to pain points that when we think about our ideal client we're assuming our ideal client is in pain now there are like a number of things I could talk about here and I don't want to ramble forever but like If your ideal client, let's say you're a social media manager and you say, oh, my ideal client has to be in pain because I have to market to their pain points and therefore my ideal client is somebody who hates social media. What can happen then is you're gonna speak to those people who hate social media and your content and that's exactly who you will attract, it's who you will sign. And then you might find that you actually 
start to hate your own business because your clients are people who hate social media. So they don't really understand the value of it. They don't really respect the work that you do. They don't really want to pay a lot of money for it because they don't like it. And they are not very responsive to you. They leave you on red. They don't send you what they need to because they don't value the thing that you're selling. But that is because you actively went after those people. You said, my ideal client is the person who doesn't value social media. And then you're confused when you sign those clients and they don't value your service. And it leads to you disliking your business because everything is just so much harder. You don't feel appreciated. You don't feel like the work you're doing is being valued. You might have clients that you just really struggle to communicate with. And this is something that's really common. Most people, I would argue that like nine out of 10 people, if you said to them, who is your ideal client? They'll probably start talking about some sort of pain that this person is in. Um, and that then you get stuck in a spiral because you're talking to the pain, you're attracting the pain, then you're feeling the pain and you get stuck in a spiral cycle of like negativity and like bad vibes. And it's totally okay if the person you're targeting is actually genuinely in pain and you have consciously made that decision. But really like ask yourself for a minute, if you're targeting people who have no time, no energy, no whatever, did you choose that because you felt like you had to sign clients because they're in pain? Or because that's what you actually want, because you actually can sign clients who are not in pain. There are so many people out there who have time, but still will hire you. There are people out there who have plenty of resources and money and team members, and they still will hire you. There are people out there who love their life, love their business, they're the most positive, joyful people in the world, and they still want to hire you. People do not need to be struggling and suffering and in pain and at their wit's end before they hire you. And I think this is partly originated from this like pain point marketing. Because when we say to people, oh, you have to speak to people's pain points. What we're also saying is your ideal client has to be in pain of some sort in order to buy from you, which is totally not true. And they can buy from a, a really good place. Like, for example, I don't necessarily um, go and buy a coffee because like I'm really thirsty or because I'm really tired and need energy, that would be pain point marketing. Sometimes I buy a coffee because I smell the coffee as I walk past and I think, oh my God, I love that smell. I'm going to get myself a coffee. Or I think, you know what? I deserve a treat today. I'm going to spoil myself with a large coffee. Like I can buy coffee from a place of pain, sure. But I also tend to buy my coffee from a place of pleasure and desire. And that can be the same for your services too. So like, Using my business as an example, I could say in my marketing, like, does everything suck? Do you hate your life? Is everything awful? You need a business coach. Let me solve your problems. That would be talking to their pain points. But the reason I don't do that is because I don't actually want to work with people who are just in pain, right? Like, granted, we all have our own stuff. And so everyone I work with is going to have stuff of some kind. And that's totally cool. But I don't necessarily want to sign the client who's going to come in and be like, hey, everything sucks. I hate everything. This is just the worst. Can you fix it all for me? Because I don't want to do this anymore. Like that person who is in that mindset is really, really hard to help because they need to help themselves. And it's the same even if you're a service provider, like a VA, for example, your client still needs to be able to help themselves at the point where they are absolutely exasperated and they just want to throw it at you and say, right, you handle this. That's not the place that you want to be signing clients because that's not going to be enjoyable for you. So I like to target the pleasure points that my clients have. So like all the fun that they want to have because I want to have fun clients. I want them to have fun with me. So I'm like, hey, do you love having fun? 
<laughs> do you want to run your business from a place of like joy and like energy and like just good vibes and all that positive stuff because I can talk to that and still sell. So my first thing that I feel we should have left in 2019 is pain point marketing, because people can buy from pleasure. And when we don't believe that, we start to sell from pain too. And that is not good for anybody. The second thing, and I don't think I have ever done this one. I don't, like, I don't wanna say that I haven't because it's possible that I did at the very beginning and don't remember, but I, I don't remember having ever done this one, but I have been on the receiving end of it. And that is, the idea of like handling or overcoming objections. Oh man, I have been talking about this for years and how much I disagree with it. Um, and like, I do believe that you can hold space for somebody to talk through their objections with you. I think that can be really helpful because if we imagine, um, let's say someone wanted to work with me and they felt like it was what they needed and what they wanted and they were really excited but they've never invested that amount of money before and they're feeling a little bit all over the place about it. They don't know if they should be 100% in or whether they're meant to feel some fear. Is the fear bad? Is it good? Like if they're in that position, who are they going to have that conversation with? A lot of people don't have partners, friends, family who are in the business space. And so they quite often, they have these objections or these um, like fears around doing something that they don't have anyone to talk to about it. And so if I can be that kind of sounding board for somebody without pressuring them into anything. Like I'm more than happy to do that. If somebody said to me, hey, I'm really interested in working with you because of X, Y, Z, but I'm feeling these things. Like, is it okay if we just get on a call and we chat about it? Or is it okay if I just send you a quick voice note and like explain how I'm feeling? I am so happy to do that because I am going to be able to tell them whether I think the investment is right for them. Firstly, like it might be that the reason they don't feel 100% ready or 100% like um, that this is the right thing for them, it might be because it's genuinely not. And if they communicate that with me, it gives me the ability to listen to where they're at and figure out what they, um, how they can best be supported. And I might be able to say, actually, this isn't the right thing for you, or maybe direct them to something or someone else who can help them better than I can. So I, I am like open to having conversations about people's objections, but it's never with the intention of trying to show that person that their objections are incorrect and that they need to invest in me. Like that is absolutely never the intention. The intention is simply just to like hold a space for that person to talk me through what they're experiencing and feeling and see if I can like help them figure their own things out. Um, so that's fine. I'm okay with that. However, this idea of handling objections, I think it's it's done less now, I will say, than it used to be. Um, but I saw a post on Facebook the other day that like really set me off. Um, and it was a post from somebody saying, um, if your clients or potential clients are telling you that they can't afford your services, you either must be doing something wrong with your messaging and you're not showing how powerful your offer is, or you're speaking to people who don't prioritize helping themselves. Oh, and it, oh, I mean, I disagree with this so deeply because what you're saying there is, and, and like, there were so many people agreeing with this, by the way, like in the comments, there were so many people saying, oh my God, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so this is not just like one person's opinion. This was like the general consensus of this group that I was in. Um, and the reason that I don't like this is because by saying that you're suggesting that the person, the potential client who you're speaking to, who might need your services, you're saying that that person doesn't have 
the right to make their own thoughts, feelings, opinions, conclusions, decisions. Because you're saying, they might be saying they can't afford it, but what they actually mean is, and then you're like making some sort of assumption, such as they don't want to invest in themselves. And I think this is just so dangerous because you're telling other business owners, like, it's your job to challenge these people and tell them that their thoughts are wrong, which it's not, by the way. Like, I don't care what industry you're in, it is never your job to go to someone and say, hey, you are incorrect when that person is telling you how they feel or their own situation that you know nothing about. Like, it's just not your job to do that. Um, But you're also totally removing the possibility that the person genuinely cannot afford it. And that is very possible. Like, there are a bunch of people who can't afford your services and that's okay. It doesn't mean anything about your prices. It just means that you're not the right fit for this person. Um, But like, it doesn't mean, it's not your job to try and translate is what I'm saying. Like, just because somebody says, I can't afford it. Yes, it might mean they genuinely can't afford it, which means it's none of your business to challenge them and tell them that they're wrong. But also they might be saying, I can't afford it because of some other reason it's still not your job to try and pick that apart and tell them what they actually feel. And I think to just like make general big statements about the fact that like, if someone says they can't afford it, it's like, that's not true. I think that's a really harmful belief that we're then instilling in salespeople because then we end up just not believing people, not trusting people. And actually when I want clients to buy from me, I want them to buy from me from like a really empowered place. I want them to have thought through what they want, have looked at their own finances, have done their research on me, have maybe looked at other people, looked at my testimonials, listened to my podcast, like done all the research and they have made the decision by themselves from an empowered place, I want to invest in Gemma. At the point where someone says to me, I can't afford you and then I say, well actually I don't believe that, let's pick that apart and let's look at why you're not prioritizing investing in me and blah 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 blah, that's not coming from an empowered place anymore, that hasn't been their decision. They already made their decision when they said, I can't afford you. So this is another thing that I wish we would leave in 2019. Also, just to add, there could be truth in the statement that you're not, like your messaging is off or that you're targeting the wrong person. So for example, if you are M&S and you are only talking to the person that wants to shop in Lidl, that doesn't mean that you need to change to Lidl and it doesn't mean you have to tell the people who shop in Lidl that they shouldn't shop in Lidl. It just means that you're talking to the wrong crowd. So there might be truth in the fact that you're talking to the wrong audience for your offer. There also might be truth in the fact that your messaging might not be highlighting how powerful your offer is. Those might be truthful things, um, but those are separate to this idea of people not being able to afford something and how true that statement is. And also, I'm just going to add this because I know someone will be thinking it. Um, If there is a pain point or a block that is coming up regularly with your audience and you do believe that this person is right for your offer. So let's say this person says, oh, I don't have time right now, but you genuinely believe that they do have time and that they are the right person for your offer and you believe that the time thing is a mindset block of some kind that maybe isn't quite true or maybe they think that it's true but actually they're holding themselves back or self-sabotaging in some way those are very real things and you guys know like I, I do a lot of work with mindset so I know that these are real things um if you want to talk to that 
and you want to talk to this idea of like a lot of people say they don't have time and while this might be true for some people a lot of the time what's actually happening is xyz and you want to break that down and kind of like be informative or educational about it from a loving place like a supportive place I think that a good place to do that is in your more generic content so rather than like being in someone's dms and very directly telling them that they are incorrect which is never nice you could go and create some content around that that's going to be helpful for everybody um but again i think it really needs to come from the right place like if it's coming from a place of i really want to help these people and i feel like they might be getting in their own way like that's all good your intention there is good if it's coming from a place of people are telling me no and i don't like it then obviously that's a problem okay my third thing that i wish i don't even wish we'd left this in 2018 or 2019, I wish this one didn't exist ever, but this is valuing certain industries over others. And what I mean by this is, for example, there are big coaches. And when I say big coaches, I mean, you know, big followings, big communities, making lots of money, who will talk about the fact that their rates are high. And that is because they deserve to be paid that and they've worked hard and their rates are their rates and you're not going to haggle them. And they very much talk about their um, like higher rates being totally fine and you've got to be okay with it. And they might encourage their clients or the people that work with them, their students, to also have that same mindset. So increase your rates, charge more money, you know, um, recognize what you're worth and like, like all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, however, they, in the same breath, will tell you to hire a virtual assistant from the Philippines for three pound. And the reason that this bugs me is that you can't say one thing and do another in the same breath and like not realize what you're doing there. <laughs> like you can't stand there and say, I'm a coach. I make seven figures, multi seven figures. My prices are higher than average, but I'm good with that. And you should follow my lead and increase your prices, but then hire your team from other countries so you can pay a fraction of what they're worth like what like this just this this just blows my mind like I cannot actually get my head around this one and I first came across this when I read a book years and years ago the four-hour work week where the whole book is about earning as much money as possible on four hours a week but then during the book he tells you to hire virtual assistants from the Philippines and talks about how low of a rate you can do that for. And I remember reading it and thinking, oh, so everyone else can have a four hour work week and earn lots of money, but virtual assistants can't. So it's okay for you, but not for them. And I, you know, fast forward five, six years, I attended a training recently with a very, very big name in the industry, someone who is like a household name, who said the same thing, who spoke for days about increasing your rates, charging your worth, having these high ticket offers, and then said, if you need help, go and hire somebody from the Philippines for £2 an hour. And it just, for me, it's like a real lack of awareness, like no self-awareness, because they're not realising that the two things they're saying are contradicting each other, but they're effectively saying like, some of us deserve to be paid this, but these people don't. And this really bugs me. And I know it's one that bugs you guys as well, because every time I talk about this, I get tons of messages. Um, and it's just, it comes back to practice what you preach. If you want to be paid well, pay others well. If you don't want people haggling your rates, don't haggle people's rates. If you don't want your boundaries pushed and you hate when people do that, don't push anyone else's boundaries. Like, it's simple. It's easy. I am all for 
being as profitable as possible but if the only reason that you are so profitable is because you are paying your people your bleh, if you if the only reason you are so profitable is because you're paying your team peanuts i don't want to work with that person because that's not like from a, a values point of view like that just doesn't sit right with me um and I totally get that sometimes you can't afford to pay the rates that you want to afford. Like if you're earlier on in business, you might want to pay your team amazingly and treat them amazingly, but you might not be able to do that at that point in time. That's fine. I'm not referring to those situations, but I am referring to the situations where a coach is talking about making seven, eight figures and paying less than minimum wage to their team. Like that doesn't feel good for me. 